Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. that service, but I, I want to turn our attention to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, a familiar text, and I want to, um, I'm excited about this, it's a series that we're, it's a four-part series that we're starting today, and I want to look at it uh, uh, through this text, because it's going to be really our anchor text for this entire series, Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men and holiness, Without which no man shall see the Lord. I'm going to read the NIV version because I like the way it says. It says, make every effort to live in peace and everyone and to be holy. This last part. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Today I kick off this series entitled Seeing the Lord. And really I'm going to be focusing part one on seeing the Lord for yourself and what that means today. I want to ask us uh, if we could uh, pause right now and bow our heads and ask God to help us today and ask God to speak to our hearts. Dear God, we need you. Lord, we need your direction and strength, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray help us, Lord. Help us as we choose today to draw nearer to you because we know it's reciprocal. We know as we draw, you draw near to us. And Lord, we want to be close to you. We want to be in your presence and in your midst. Lord, I want to I want to know you even deeper. I want to know your love even deeper. Your your sacrifice even deeper. God, I thank you Jesus for this time we have to be together. I thank you Lord for the hungry hearts in this room. I pray prepare the soils of our life that we can be fervent and strong for you. Help me your teacher today. We thank you together. In your name we pray. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I I want to just express my my reverence for this type of series because uh, I chose to teach it today on the on the back end of our 21 days of uh, prayer fasting and devotion for percent a reason the issue of holiness is the most probably divisive issue in a church holiness can break up marriages Holiness can divide families. Holiness can tear down your relationship with God. Holiness can kick you out of a church. And because holiness is so divisive, it's so disruptive, it's so anti-carnal, and it is the sandpaper to our flesh, it is also the opposite. Holiness can restore marriages. Holiness can return families together. Holiness can build up our relationship with God. And holiness can bring us back into the church. But we have to understand as we go forward, 
Lord, that this issue of holiness and why, again, I've chosen to, to accentuate and tackle this issue now is because this church is primed to hear it. There's times where we can't afford to to have things and and I'll be honest with you I love my kids uh, and as they were growing there were certain things that I allowed them to have at certain times I did not give my child ice cream early on right they just couldn't handle it they couldn't handle that goodness they couldn't handle the this other thing it, it would dictate their relationship with ice cream for the rest of their life if I ruined it early if they had this at a certain point we all know that as parents there's certain things you give your children even as an infant there's certain things that you wait such as solids you don't give a little infant solids right away our church is the same way there's certain issues, certain things we don't consume until we're ready, until we're spiritually ready, and, and it matters to be spiritually mature. And I, I'm, I'm here to say that I believe our church is in that place. I believe we're ready to hear what God has to say and what, what holiness is truly about. And I, I was really uh, taken back by this, this subject because, again, the issue of holiness should always make our flesh uncomfortable. If you are, uh, if you would be honest, when I mention that word holiness, probably some of you are like, Ugh. oh God, what's, what's he going to say about holiness? What is he going to say that I'm not living up to? Oh, all right. Because the issue of holiness should equally pierce the heart of the ugliest of sinners and the most composed, composed, composed saint of God. That's right. I'm here to tell you this, that this issue of holiness attacks my life and it attacks this flesh. This pastor here is uncomfortable to dive even deeper. And here's why. And I want us to explain why we are, are at a place that we have to, we, we can't stay where we're at. We, we, we can't, I love, let me tell you what, I love what happened Wednesday. And I love what happened last Sunday. If you were here last Sunday, um, my God. I, I reached another level. I, 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 in my ministry, I got my, my back shine and my shoe shine, and I've, I've never got to that place before until last Sunday. But, but in all honesty, the altar that we, the, the spirit that we felt in the altar, the hunger of this church thriving for more, we can't stay there. We can't just say, I've obtained. I'm, I'm going to live there because it only produces a stagnant relationship with God. See, the thing is, we are now aware. We are now aware of the goodness of God and the power of God, and it should drive in us to want and desire more. We, as we go through this series, the series is established to be an eye test. It's established to be kind of like that chart, and that's why if you see the, uh, the title slide, it's, it's set up that way. But I want to talk about the eye test that Isaiah had in Isaiah chapter 6, a very familiar passage, and let's go there and read that. We're going to look at the first five verses. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above 
it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain did he fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When Isaiah seen the Lord, the awareness of his people's unholiness and his unholiness was the most sobering revelation that happened to Isaiah. It was so, the contrast was so vast that when he seen him, even the seraphims flying around the Lord, reverenced the Lord that they even covered their face and they even covered themselves as they, as they hovered around his glory and they all proclaimed exactly who he was and that was holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord. But when Isaiah seen the Lord for himself, all he can do is say, Woe is me. I'm a man undone. I have unclean lips and I dwell with people. I'm with a people who are unclean. I'm with a people who are together in a place that shouldn't be. We see this, this, this type of, 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 of awareness that Isaiah has. It is that eye test that we must also administer to ourselves today. We have to see this eye chart before us and understand, do I see the Lord? Do I, am I even deciding to look upon him? Am I trying to see who he is for myself and understand that relationship? Because I want us to reiterate what happens in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 14, the Hebrew writer, again, he says this, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And I want us to understand here, the Hebrew writer wasn't just referring to end day salvation that you're not just going to see the Lord then he's also referring to seeing the Lord every single day I hope you know this I'm not living this life so I can obtain something later I'm living this life so I can have something now I'm not going to I'm not going to waste time I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not putting all my chips on the table just so that I can have something down the road I I want the kingdom of heaven to abide with me now I want that power. I want that strength. He wasn't just equating the importance of holiness with the importance of Acts 2.38 message that we must repent. We must be baptized in Jesus' name and we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, those are all what we're supposed to do. And yes, holiness is also part of that, that substance that's supposed to be a part of our lives and we will see him in that glorious day. But it's not just for tomorrow. It's for today. The Hebrew writer was very much trying to get us to understand that holiness allows us to see the Lord every single day. And before I move away from Isaiah's experience, I want this passage to teach us a very strong 
principle. And this is the principle that I want us to get very near and dear to our heart today. Today, I'm not going to be talking about rules and regulations, okay? Today, holiness lesson is not about do's and don'ts, okay? And, and we will talk about a little more what that means in our future parts. But I want us to understand this principle above all before we go forward. That proximity dictates awareness. Yes. yes. Further proximity, unfortunately, equates greater unawareness. Closer proximity affords us greater awareness. And again, I don't know if you're like me. You've been to an eye doctor before and they stare, they, you know, as a young person, they put that eye chart up there. And I was like, this is easy because my eyes are good. I'm like an eagle. You know, I'm like E-W-C-K-Q-R-S-T. You know, I'm just like, I'm not even looking. I'm so good. But now in my 40s, I need, uh, I think that's an E. If you notice what I did there, I had to get closer. I had to I had to change my proximity to establish more awareness. And what Isaiah was afforded in the presence of God, he was he was afforded proximity. He was now closer to God than ever before and awareness blasted him right in the face. He was so aware of his holiness and and uh, and I should say God's holiness and His own unholiness. And when we move forward in this, the closer our proximity, it, it's simply a measurement. And I don't know if you remember, I taught uh, several months ago uh, on a lesson called "Misunderstood Measurements," and I encourage you to listen to that. Go find it on the podcast. But I want to I want to touch on the premise of that lesson. Romans twelve and three. For I say, through the grace given unto me. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You've been given a certain amount of measurement. Each and every one of us have been dealt a certain amount of degrees of proximity. Now, Jesus would talk about revelation here in Mark. Let's look at it. Mark 4 and 21. And he said unto them, is a candle brought to be under a bushel or under a bed? How many remember those songs? Hide me under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Okay. And not, yeah, come on now. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. This is where we get it. And be, and, and not be set on a candlestick. For there is nothing hid which shall be manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Now, verse 23, if any man have ears, let him hear. This is, this is Jesus trying to get us to have a greater proximity, a, a, a closer awareness, and, and a closer measurement and understanding with God. This is what he says, verse 24, and he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear, be careful. What... With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that here shall more be given. Now, this is a principle here that the more awareness, the closer in proximity we get to God, the more we're aware of who we are in His presence. And the more we're aware how much we need to change. 
He doesn't need to change. I need to change. And the closer I get to God with the measurement I'm beginning and the hunger I have and the closeness I'm wanting, the proximity that I'm trying to get closer to him, I'm, I'm more revelation is coming to me and here I'm at a place and this church is primed at a place that we have drawn closer to God and that's the beauty about, about God draw closer to him and he will draw closer to us we are we are we are working together on proximity and because of this proximity more and more awareness is affording us but I will say this you will be judged greater for the depth of awareness you have and I want you to say, I want you to get your, just get this into your spirit today. I'm okay with that. Don't fear the judgment of what you know. Don't say within yourself, oh my God, now I don't want to know more because I'm going to be judged for more. That's the wrong way to look at it. It's the wrong way to, to treat holiness. And it, it's, it, we do things uh, in a different way whenever we treat holiness like we've been treating holiness as rules and regulations. We need to understand that holiness is awareness. And now here's the question I want us to understand here. What do you now do with that awareness? Can you ignore it? Many do. Many pretend that they didn't see what is needful and important. Many people will be pricked in their heart by that proximity and that awareness that hits them. And they see that, they feel that, 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 that pricking in their heart to give up certain things. And what they do, they say, oh, no, no, I, I pretend that it didn't happen to me. Oh, I don't want to see it. I, I don't want to look upon it. I'm just going to continue to ignore it. Can you, can you manipulate it? Many do. Some will take, take that, that instruction, that sound instruction, completely black and white instruction from the word of God on how to live holy and this is what you'll do you will, you will twist it and manipulate it to fit your narrative you will say well well, that was from a different time that was, that was you. you have to understand the context you, you gotta un- and this is what happens we begin to manipulate it Anytime I change holiness to fit this structure, because holiness is not meant to fit this structure. Anytime I begin to change things to fit me, I'm I'm manipulating truth. I want to. I hope we can understand where I'm I'm going here today, because I I I don't want to taint. I don't want to infect. I don't want to force fit his truth into my narrative. You know what new phrase you hear a lot that it's annoying. I'm just living my truth. I'm just living my truth. What does that mean? That means you're just living your manipulated truth. You are living a lie. Because plain and simple, truth is truth. Truth is truth. There is no my truth. It's just truth. 
Anything else is a lie. Anything else is manipulation and change and, and, and it's, it's ugliness. It's not real. And I'm grateful that I have a God, a, a Christ, a, a Lord who says, you know what? I am truth and I will make you free in that truth. I love, I love how he says, I'll make you free, opposed to many times we'll say, I'll set you free. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy, uh, you know, we'll probably preach that, slip of the tongue, preach it maybe. And, but the word says, make you free. There's a difference between setting and making. There's a difference between putting you there or changing who you are. Re not conforming, but transforming. Really changing your spiritual DNA and your physical DNA to be something tr truthful. Yes. Yes. See, this awareness that Isaiah was afforded only revealed, again, that vast contrast between who he was and who his people were and who God truly is. And I go back to Isaiah 6 and 5, then said, I woe is me for I am undone. Again, not you are so, so holy or not you are so righteous and not you are so perfect. No, I am undone. I, I'm, I love that. I'm incomplete. Right. Yeah. Right. I need truth to make me complete. That's right. Right. I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my, why? Because mine eyes have seen. I've seen the Lord. And I cannot afford to ignore it or manipulate it. Come on now. Before we go even further, I want us to talk about Moses. Moses ran from his position in Egypt. Moses was primed to serve the people of God in that place that he was at. We know the story. I don't want to go super Sunday school with you, but we know that he was pulled out of the river by an Egyptian mama. And there he was given the name Moses, which means to be drawn. And there he, he is plucked into a different life. He's not no longer a child who is supposed to be hunted and killed and slain like the rest of the Israel children. But now he's picked up by grace and mercy. And now he's living in literal Egyptian cotton. 600 thread, I'm guessing. He's, he's living the good life until his heart begins to change and he's looking out and seeing the taskmasters whipping his people and, and abusing them and he just all of a sudden the proximity is changing the closer he's getting to understanding those people are his people awareness is changing he realized that I can't, I can't stand it anymore. And he steps in and we know he, he kills one of the Egyptians and tries to bury him and hide. And, but of course, the news is getting out of what he's done. He flees to Midian and he finds himself in this strange land. And he's just trying to be by himself. He's just trying to live his, his good life and just, just try to not be somebody else and just be where he's at. He, he, connects with, with uh, 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 of course, uh, uh, Jethro, the a leader of that land there who has a great family and daughters and many flock. And there he becomes the shepherd of that family, marries a daughter. And, but there's a moment where he is just doing what he does and God decides to change proximity. 
we go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, right? He's seeing. And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. I'll pause there. The King James Version kind of makes it sound that he turns aside almost as though he's not going towards it. But actually it means that he sees it. I will now turn aside from what I'm doing. Amen. Amen. I will now I will not I will now stop going the same direction I have been going. I will now stop living the same life I've been living. Right. And I will turn aside from that old life. Yes. Yes. And I man I I can't ignore it. Yeah. I can't ignore the supernatural. Because yes. it doesn't make sense why that bush isn't just smoldering in ashes. Why is it burning? And why is it getting brighter and brighter? Mm, I can keep on living the same life. I can keep on coming to Sunday school. I can, I can keep on just being this relationship here and skipping midweek. I can keep on doing these things and thinking that things are going to be this. Uh, I got to see it. And proximity begins to change. And awareness begins to change. And the closer he gets, let's pick up verse 4. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside. When the Lord seen that he addressed proximity. I love that. Can I just tell you this? That this holiness, this issue of holiness is reciprocal. It's not just us running to God. It is God running to us. It is him meeting us halfway. And we have to see here that the Lord saw that he turned aside to see and God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Now, I'm going to save some time here because I don't want to read all my text here. But you are standing in the presence of holiness. You are in an environment of holiness. And I love this. Take off your shoes. Because I want you to connect with holiness. I don't want to, I don't even want a millimeter of leather to separate us. I want us to be so connected in holiness. And I want you to see what I'm trying to tell you. As we read on, and as you could read on on your own, I, I'm just going to paraphrase what happens. God reveals to him who he is. I'm, I'm the God of Abram. Right? He goes on. He, he, he reveals, I'm, I'm the God of, you know, Jacob, Isaac. He begins to name all these names. And, and all of a sudden, he's, the Bible says that Moses begins to fear a little bit. That's right. Because again, proximity and awareness, he's realizing the contrast that, oh my God, I, I don't, I'm a guy who just murdered somebody in, a, in, in Egypt. I'm running on, uh, in a land that is foreign to me. I'm trying to hide who I am. And now I am in the presence of the God Almighty. Now, I want us to understand this. And I, I want to highlight some things because 
Verse 5, we can go back there. Verse 5, and he said, draw not, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereupon thou standest is holy ground. We must understand when we are pressing towards holiness, our environment must become holy. Yes. We must understand that everything around us needs to be something dedicated and separated for God. Amen. But here's what we understand the most. There are two things that happen to Moses when standing in that environment of holiness. We find in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. The Lord says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The first thing that we are given in holiness is commission. Closer you get to God, the more God is going to ask us to do something. The call of God, and here's something that we need to understand is that the call, if God is calling us to do more, he's going to equip us to do it. God will not call you to do something that he doesn't outfit you for. Don't you think, and I know this is something we all struggle with, when we hear that commission and that calling from God, we also hear in ourselves insignificance. We also hear in ourselves failure and weakness. But God knows everything about us. And when he calls us to commission, rest assured, he will give you the tools. Amen. The second thing that we find in in this text in scripture here with Moses is found in Exodus 3 and 13. Let's read it. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. The first thing you're going to get in holiness is a commission. The second thing you're going to get is authentication. Now, I want us to understand how important that is. Being authenticated by God is the greatest gift we can have. It's, it's the vast difference between this churches and other churches. Authentication means authority and, and it means real. And it was all wrapped up in his name. Because when, when God called Moses to do something for him, I need you to go before Pharaoh. I need you to speak to him directly and say, let my people go. I need you to carry this call. I need you hear my commission and go. When he took that, and he, he allowed holiness to change him and motivate him. He also put his stamp of authority on him. And that's what holiness does for the people of God. Holiness makes us real. Holiness changes things. Holiness will change who you are internally and it will sprout out externally. And it cannot be hidden. They will look upon you and know without a shadow of a doubt it's the real deal. Amen. That's what real authentication is. How many of you have ever bought a, uh, uh, you know, car part? Are there any mechanics in here? How about any YouTube mechanics in here? How many of you, like me, said, I'm going to try to fix this and I'm going to use, I'm, you know, here's the, here's the genuine part, right? What, what do we call it? OEM? 
right? We've got a little mechanic in the back, right? Here's the gen. Oh, for a couple bucks less, maybe a lot less, I can go with this generic thing. And I'm going to buy that because it, it costs less. Doesn't cost me a lot. There's not a lot of giving up for me to obtain that. I'm going to make it work. And I order it, I put it in there, and I think, oh man, I did a good job. I'm on the road and I'm feeling pretty good. But a couple miles down my journey, things don't work out the way they're supposed to. Because when pressure happens to that part that's generic, it buckles and folds. Can I tell you, it's the exact same way when we are attending a church and a relationship and have a relationship with God that's either going to be authentic or unauthentic. That's right. <clears throat> You're, I'm telling you right now, you've got to be a part of the real deal. You can't just live a life of substitutions and think that your journey is going to be flawless and smooth because I'm telling you right now, when pressure happens... When real pressure hits your life, when your life is overwhelmed with a real problem or your marriage is, is at a place of real divorce or your children are, are, are at a place of real, real you know, rebellious issues and problems, you're going to need the real deal. You're, you're gonna, when the pressure really amounts, you're going to need something to stand up against those pressures. Amen. And that's where holiness comes in. Holiness will also call you, but it will make you the genuine artifact. Right. It will make you the real deal. You will not be cheap. They will know that your walk with God is special. People in your family will come to you because they see something different. Right. Co-workers will talk to you and say, I've got a problem in my family and I can't help it because I can see it on you. There's something different. Right. Other people don't want to pay the price for holiness. And because of that, they can't handle the pressures. I want us to understand holiness is not, my God, I hate this, when we wrap holiness around rules and regulations. It's not about <clears throat> do's and don'ts. It really isn't. It's not about that. If you think, when I, when I mention holiness today, I hope, I, I hope that yes, your flesh, like mine, crawls a little bit because my flesh is calling me to give up more of myself, change things in my life. But holiness is not that thing that, that, that stands next to you and says, well, no, this is that skirt's not that right height or your hair's not the right height or, or, or that, you know, let me go ahead and get the soap and wash you down. That's not what holiness is about. When we truly understand that, you know, the purpose of holiness is to be truly separated for greater relationship and purpose. When we stop equating holiness with I'm not allowed to do this and we start equating it with I have the power and authority to do this. We change our desire to, to capture and really grab a hold of what holiness is for my life. We are, I, I, I want something in my life to change, not just myself, but truly change my family. Yeah. Truly change, change my, my environment around me. Truly change my church and change the community my church is in. We can't do that without real holiness. Right. I, I, I really want us to understand holiness authenticates his commission. Before Moses approached Pharaoh and spoke right into the, the king of the world, and said, let my people go with such strength. He was, Moses was introduced to his holiness. 
Before, think about this, before Isaiah writes Isaiah 53 and has the power and the, and the overwhelming flow of Christ's sacrifice, the coming Messiah, before he writes down on paper the prophetic word that comes over him about who Jesus is and who he's going to be to us, he was first introduced to his holiness in Isaiah 6. I want uh, Luke, Luke 1.15. Yep. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Before John the Baptist would scream one single cry out of the wilderness, he was introduced to his holiness. Before the apostles, before they preached the gospel, we find in Acts 1. They received power. They were waiting there before they can go to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. They were introduced to his holiness in Acts chapter 2. Before Saul can be effective, Paul, Ananias laid hands on him and prayed for him and was changed by the holiness of God. Let's all stand. I, I, I say this, and this is something, this is Matthew 28, 19, Bible scholars, if you can help me out here, what is that, what is that referred to as the great what? The great commission, right? Can I just say this? It was just only called the commission. <clears throat> At the moment that Jesus was speaking, it wasn't called, it wasn't labeled the great commission until those apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost and they allowed holiness to dictate that commission and that authority in them. And they preached and they spoke in the name of Jesus and, they, and, and things that needed to change really changed. And then they called it the Great Commission. I'm telling us right now as we move forward in this series of holiness, it's not just about those things that we only equate holiness with. It's about proximity and awareness. It's about drawing closer to God and allowing that awareness to change us inwardly. And when it changes us inwardly, it will not be hidden. You know, I, I, I have people in here who are so talented, incredibly talented, Okay, and I want to use those talents for the kingdom of God. But as the pastor and the conviction that God has put upon me on this church, God has, has, has worked on me to say we've got to have a certain level of holiness and relationship with God before we get on this platform and we, before we become an outward expression of this church. And here's what I have to say to those who are so hungry to be used. I'm not going to pull out a ruler. I'm not going to do that to you. The Spirit will do that to you. Right. The measurement that God is putting into your life will tell you what to give up, what to release, what's really not that important, and what is important. That's right. You will change the way you look at yourself. You will change the way that you act when you allow holiness to really take root. 
but I've got to get this for myself. And that's what part one is about. Part one, this lesson, is truly focused on obtaining holiness for myself. Seeing it for myself. Seeing the Lord for myself. Not seeing the Lord through my relationship through my parents. Not seeing the Lord through the relationship of, of the pastor. Not seeing the Lord through the relationship of, of the person next to you in this church. But seeing it for yourself. We're all given a certain measurement. We're all going to be judged by that measurement. But just like I read before in Mark, we're going to be that light. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let my holiness shine. And I want this church to be the real deal in Columbia. I want this body to understand. Man. Man, I, you know, I, I kept going to my church across town. I've been struggling with cancer. Struggling with this thing, and man, I can't. But man, I, I entered into a church with people who, who, who wanted to be close and proximity to God, and because of that, His power and His virtue just flowed in the atmosphere. And man, the, the miracles, the miracles that I felt. Oh man, I can't wait to get more into this. I've got to stop. I'm excited what this this series is doing to my soul. I want to ask us if we could bow our heads together. My God, help us. My God, I pray, help us as a church see you more, but choose to turn aside from what we've been doing. Choose to stop going down the same paths. Choose to stop ignoring God, what we've, what we've seen and choose to stop manipulating God, what we've heard and, and what your word says. But my God, help us to turn towards you because Lord, you're going to meet us. I pray, strengthen us. Help us grow in holiness. Oh Lord, help us God in this place. I pray, bless the remainder of this service. Bless, bless this worship service and the preacher of the worship service, God. I pray, bless us, God. We thank you together. And in your name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 